0: Mind podcast or how to stop your mother falling out of your mouth. This week's episode is brought to you by Sure Plan Financial. Sure Plan Financial advises business owners and employees on all aspects of their financial planning, from protecting your income to helping you with savings and investment goals such as saving for your children's education or achieving your dream retirement. Plus, and they haven't told me to say this, but it is run by women, which personally I find Lot less intimidating than men in suits, just saying. For more information or to book a free initial consultation, visit SurePlan.ie. SurePlan Financial Limited, trading as SurePlan Financial, is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. I always wanted to say that.
1: I'm Beth and I'm a mum of three and I'm a psychotherapist and I run the CAM parenting club. Each week, Steph and I answer one of your parenting questions and come up with some practical solutions to help make life easier. If you want us to answer one of your questions, email us themummind at gmail.com.
0: I'm Steph McSherry. I'm a mum of two and I'm the creator of Kinderama, a multi-activity programme for younger kids. And I've been working with that age group for 20 years. If you really like what we're doing here, please just tick the little box or the plus sign at the top of wherever you're listening to this podcast, because if you like, follow and subscribe, that means we get to make more amazing free content for you.
1: So today we are answering the question, how can I get my child to talk to me? And this is something that I get asked all, I mean, all, all, all the time. Always on Instagram if I'm, say, parents, what do you want us to do on the Mum Mind podcast? What do you want me to write about in my email this week? But before we do that, we need to ask Steph a question. And she doesn't know that I'm asking her this. (laughs) Oh,
0: no, what?
1: Steph was at Wellfest last week. Yeah. Oh, it was amazing. yeah, tell, tell tell us name drop. Tell us a little bit about it.
0: I was brazen. I'm going to be honest. I was brazen. Look, that's the whole like, <laughs> it's really not like. Not you, like
1: Steph.
0: <laughs> I, I promise you, five years ago, if I'd have gone to that event, I literally would have just been in the corner, done my bit, and left. But that wasn't the reason I was there. Like, I wanted to publicise Kintarama. I wanted to get photos with all the celebs. And I'm a I'm a person that looks for not signs, but like you know, I like to receive those little messages that I'm doing the right thing. So as I took my 11-year-old daughter with me and as we walked in, there was Joe Wicks.
1: <laughs>
0: and I felt like that was a little sign. I felt like it was like, okay, you got to do it. You got to go and get your photo taken with him. And to be yeah. honest, he was absolutely lovely. And I talked at him for five minutes.
1: Well done, Steph. Well I even done. gave
0: him a flyer about Kindrama and made him wear a Kindrama sticker. <laughs> Great. Which he did. He did. God love him. So yes, we met loads of people that weekend. Uh, my daughter was so excited. She got to meet Angela Scanlon. you know, the TV presenter. Yeah. She watches a design show that's actually in the UK and she presents it. So she was very excited to meet her. I met the fabulous pharmacist and we discussed hand puppets because she has a lovely hand puppet that is a vulva.
1: Oh, yeah, I saw that. I saw one guy just put his head into it.
0: It was so funny because I was like, oh, you and I mustn't get our puppets muddled up.
1: That is a different show.
0: That Could go go horribly wrong. Um, I'll tell you who else was lovely. Jennifer Rock, uh, the skin nerd. She was just so lovely and genuine and asking me all about the business and how we'd found it going online and just very genuine. You know, and she's a busy lady. We were Amy Connolly, sculpted by Amy. Uh, Yeah, people were just genuinely lovely. And I've been to a lot of events over the years. And in in my radio years, I went to Glastonbury a lot. But this was, I think because there was no alcohol whatsoever, I think that makes it a very different vibe at a festival. It was very safe the kids were very safe they could i could say you run off to chase mr banana head there and i'll meet you back here and you know you felt you could do that it was um yeah it was just a really really lovely event thoroughly recommend going up and there was meditations there were yoga there were mindful talks there were lots of kind of life coaches or like blind boy from the blind boy podcast was there jerry hussey is it from cork he was there you know, lots of just inspirational speakers, as well as everything else, and lots of freebies, lots of you know, lovely bars and bits and pieces to sample. There you
1: go. Sounds I, lovely. Well done, Steph.
0: I think we should go next year.
1: Well done. Well, you know, maybe so, maybe plant so. That
0: seed, plant that seed. Yeah. So back to getting our kids to talk to us.
1: Oh. Yeah, honestly, right. I get it's so funny. I, I like sometimes I feel like I'm in this amazingly lucky position that helps keep me on my toes as a parent as well. And mm. that I see say the teenagers, cause I don't work with people under 13 because I'm not equipped for it in a child protection sense mm. in terms of where my office is. You okay. know? So I've got to do, do my due diligence. Yeah. I could do it, but I don't do it. So I see the way that the, 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 I'm going to say children, but I mean like the young adults, teenagers. I see the way they come into the room and I see how the parents treat them, right? Oh, so they come in with their parents, Sometimes they do. If it's for the first time, I need to meet everybody because okay. I need to I need to read the dynamics. Okay. And the minute people the minute people walk into the room, I know exactly what's going on. Not that I'm like Mystic Meg with my crystal ball.
0: <laughs> but you can just tell a lot from the way they kind of come in and sit down and talk well, to like, each other.
1: Yeah. I mean, generally I can feel the awkwardness. Mm. Right. I can feel the tension. It's like, you know, it's so tense, you could almost like you're like, oh my god, I just need to take a breath out the window. Give me a minute, you know? Can, so go on. And you see, this starts at a really young age.
0: That was what I was gonna ask. Oh, oh when we last,
1: have, last last we'll get week. get matching tattoos next. Last That'll week. Be it.
0: Last week we touched on you you mentioned something like um when we were talking to Grania from Learn de you were talking about um, you know, oh my Charles used to be so good. -hmm. You talked about that, and I can imagine a parent thinking that about their child that the child used to talk to me, and now they don't talk to me. Yeah, I bet that happens a lot,
1: all the time. And what it actually transpires to being that the parent was talking at the child. Oh, okay. All all the time, you know, and 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 do you know what I'm seeing more and more of as well is eating disorders in teenagers, teenage girls, because. Because there's like a bit of a problem, so any way I can describe it, in that I feel that, and always open to discussion on this with other therapists or anybody else, is that there's a lot of boys who go to therapies from the age of two and a half to 10 or 11. Okay. And not as many girls. Okay. That's- and then I see in my practice, it's girls mainly who come to see me from 12, 13 onwards and not the boys yeah, the boys have shut down by that point that that relationship is kaput. you know, they've already shut down their identity is uh, they, they don't understand their identity. And so mainly, so I'm seeing more and more teenage girls at the minute with eating disorders, and they are who then, just so you know, I mean, this is really complex, isn't it? who then I refer on to an eating disorder clinic because it's kind of it's kind of above what you could I can do as a practitioner right. Hello.
0: I don't know whether you know, I actually had anorexia as a teenager.
1: Okay.
0: So I I think it's one of the most complicated issues. Like the way I look at it is if you're an alcoholic or if you're a, a drug user, you can give up those and function. But when it's about food, you really need to address, you can't stop eating or you can't stop, you know, it, it's a real complicated relationship And I definitely, looking back, think it's about control. I think it's the one thing you can control in your life is the food. Yeah. And you can focus on the calories, the amount you eat, the amount you don't eat, the amount you exercise, and completely focus on that and be in control of that where other parts of your life feel completely out of control.
1: Yeah. That yeah, would be my, I think so. my
0: take on my experience, but I think it takes so much longer to repair because you need to have some kind of healthy relationship with food in order to live.
1: Yeah, yeah, 100%. So it, it, it can be
0: lifelong work. I know lots of people that it's lifelong work. They never really get to the point that they can relax around food.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And 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 I feel that it's start. So in my therapy experience and, I, you know, I, it's I feel like sometimes like I'm like, you know, talking like as the voice of authority here. And it's not that I just talk from what I've seen. You know, yeah. everyone's life is different. It's because children are stuffed when they're younger because they're totally stuffed. So the way to unstuff yourself is to not eat, you know, because mm-hmm. children, children can feel full because they feel full of what's going on around them right and there's so many people I meet who say I've got anxiety and those who know me I say what if the word anxiety doesn't exist what would you say then and they would they would talk to me about I can't I can't eat because when I eat it puts a sensation into my stomach that I can't tolerate, so I either would have a really upset stomach, or I would get sick, and so that's like the beginning of an eating disorder. For some people, I don't want to totally petrify kids whose, don't want to totally petrify parents whose kids get sore bellies when they get worried or anything like that, because this is all normal stuff. But it's how the parent responds to it, and for the most part, after a bit of time, because this is the other thing when I work with. I mean anybody but especially the teenagers the therapy session is an hour the teenagers usually last about 45 minutes and I can see that they are hanging so I'm not going to leave someone there just Mm. poking them till they cry you know but within that 45 minutes the therapy work is getting to know somebody and building trust and so talking about these things you dip in and out which is what I'd say to parents as well um and it's And it's only after a while that we put the pieces together of like, oh, so how long have you had that? And everyone says, I was either seven, eight or nine when I remember getting these pains in my tummy. Mm. Oh, did you tell anybody? No. So by the age of seven, eight, nine, they had learned already not to talk to their parents because their parents wouldn't hear what they're saying.
0: And when you say children are stuffed, do you mean... Activity after activity after playdate after outing after and there's not much time just being.
1: Yeah, so I think for me, being stuffed is a it's really complex and it's a mixture of things. It's yes, it's that, but it's also being stuffed from the parents spilling their inner world over into the child's.
0: Oh, you you're know, gonna have to little translate there. What? It, give me an example of that. <sighs>
1: See, I never want to break the confidentiality of anybody I've worked with ever. So how can I summarize this? Give me a second. So I give you an example, right? When teenagers come to me, sometimes they come with total crisis stuff, right? Like really dark thoughts, intrusive thoughts. And we kind of support them and we work through it And we get to a place where they're really like a normal teenager. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Mm. Just with all the worries and woes and stress and hormones that come with that. And I'll kind of be really celebratory and be, you know, on the phone to the parents say, wow, your child said to me, they might be ready to finish therapy sometime soon. And we've worked together every day for two years, you know, so massive every week, sorry, for two years, this is massive stuff. And then the parents say something like, yeah, but they still want to people please all the time. And I'll say, yeah, but I mean, don't don't we all? I mean, I was well into my 40s until I Mm. could really not people please. And even then, do I want people to like me on some level? Yes. So, you know, I feel that that is a real classic example. I see a lot of parents kind of not just accept. Well, can you accept that your kid wants to please people, right?
0: Okay. So you're talking about almost that we're just accepting what our child is. Is, rather than trying to mould them into something we think they should be.
1: Yeah. And then I think another classic example of a parent spilling over is a parent who over-talks, a parent who shouts a lot, a parent who who forgets that you can just talk something through and you don't have to punish. Mm.
0: That you slip into that do what I say because I because I said so
1: yeah and children learn really early on if the love is conditional you know I I was I was being interviewed by a journalist yesterday for the Irish Times Mm. and they said oh I know I know hark me and they said um they were asking me about like well what what is it that parents can do that's really helpful and I say well just just like don't shame your kids. Mm. You know, and just trust them even if they make these wild mistakes. Yeah, just just trust them as a person, you know, and they say, I can't trust my trust is totally broken. I say, is it? Oh, my God, your poor child. And then I meet the child and they're like, oh, my God, I've really let down my parents. Uh, they, they don't trust me anymore. And then I'll say, no. Oh. And then I'll say, that's the parent. They say, well, I don't trust them anymore. I say, well, OK. And you want your kid to talk to you, but you don't trust them. You know, and I'm and I'm being quite harsh when I'm exploring this now. I'm not like this when I'm talking with people. Yeah. I get it.
0: <laughs> She's just put 50,000 people off going to therapy with her. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But do you think as well we're kind of guilty of, I think before I met you and before I joined the Calm Parenting Club and before I learnt all these things, I think I would have been, I, like I remember my daughter coming home only recently. She was very quiet. She wasn't herself. She wasn't talking. I knew something was up old me would have gone what's wrong what's wrong something's up something's up talk to me sat her down tied her to the chair (laughs) yeah practically got a torch put it on talk talk but I just left her I just left her and I made space for her because her brother was in the room at the time so I gave him something to go off and do and I just kind of looked at her and I said are you okay and then it all came out the tears came and and I think we're probably guilty of that as parents when we definitely when we know something's up we go into this talk
1: to me <laughs> yeah 100 yeah. percent. and like I always think guys do you know if you've ever gone for any form of therapy whether it's talking therapy a massage reflexology even to go and get your hair cut which for me is like mm. Mm, lovely therapy the hairdresser doesn't go like right sit down <laughs> you know your therapist doesn't go like jesus christ your back's a disgrace what's wrong with you you know And, and the other thing is it's like you know the parent asked me this question so the parent who asked this question her child was in junior infants so she said how can i get my junior infant child to talk with me and i would always say well why do they need to why do you need your kid to talk to you because perhaps you could figure out how they are anyway Mm. You know, I can nearly close my eyes and tell you how my kids are, even though they're in school right now, based on how they were this morning, I know who's going to need what when they come home, you know, because you can tune into your kids in other ways. And, and I think that is so important, you have to tune in, you know how they are as the parent, and then create that safe space. And create that safe space where they can come and talk to you and you're not going to freak out you're not going to um give them into trouble you're going to help them understand how they could do something differently next time and one of the worst things i heard i was on this like oh you were on the call for a bit as well on this consent call and um one woman said oh yeah, it's fine. I just say to the teenagers, like, you know, you won't do that again next time, will you? And they say no. And I say, grand, that's that. Then I say, but they will do it again next time. Yeah, they will do the same mistakes again and again and again, like we all do. So don't say any of that stuff. You won't do that again, because then they're like, ah, I'm gonna do that again. You know? Yeah. And I do think
0: we've kind of,
1: I do think we've become a
0: nation of Well, on a Monday, we're going to do basketball. Tuesday, you've got swimming. I think sometimes, probably subconsciously, if we're finding that kind of hanging out with our kids tough, that we do then fill their schedule with stuff so that there's almost no time in the day.
1: Yeah, and I get that. I mean, this is something so common, and especially we're coming up to the summer holidays. So many parents are petrified of spending that much time with their kids. And I get it. You know, I get it. But that's not an impossible thing to change either. And if putting your kids in camps is the best thing for you, then do it. You know, if putting your kids in stuff after school is right, then do it. But I do think there's, um, I feel also that kids' lives are totally under a microscope. Mm. You know, like there's so much information out there about parenting, about this, about that, about... And there's so much noise out there. Mm. You know, there's so many people who aren't experienced, who don't, you know, who are saying stuff and it's based on not so much. And I feel if we can take a step back, tune into the kids and just help guide them, that's all they need. So if your child isn't (laughs) taught, it's funny, I said this to a mom. You know, I said, well, if your child has gone off and got a second phone, and not told you i said well where what do you think's happened in the relationship that she couldn't tell you and she said well it's not that she couldn't tell me (laughs) there's a complete denial right around that there's been a relationship breakdown at some point and your daughter wanted to hide something from you or they're just growing up and they want to have a life away from you yeah if you'd like to become a calmer parent and are looking for answers to help your child then join my online parenting community the Cam Parenting Club and get the answers that you're looking for to be the parent and person that you'd like to be. Go to my website bethanoreardon.com and I'll see you inside soon. And do you remember
0: Owen, when we had Owen Cleary on the podcast, I remember him saying about when he talks to kind of those kids transition year-ish age that he they know they know how their parents are reacting without them even opening their mouths yeah and he said if I could say anything to parents it would be you know talk to your face (laughs) before they're going to reveal something because you need that to be oh tell me more about that that sounds interesting I don't know anything about that you need to be curious and interested not I saw this amazing clip on Instagram yesterday and I, I don't actually scroll very often, but this one stopped me in my tracks and it was a mum holding a toddler that was really upset and the toddler slapped her across the face and she did the whole, <gasps> and then just cuddled the toddler. Yeah. And not forcefully, like she kind of leant into it, but it was just that, oh, well done, mum. Because yeah. you know, that wasn't that wasn't the two. She looked about two, two year old going, I know what I'm going to do now. I'm going to hit my mom across the face. But you have a reaction right?
1: because you're yeah. being
0: hit across the face.
1: Yeah. But You
0: need to park it for a second and
1: just go. Oh, yeah. And also maybe the toddler was telling the mom that she was being really annoying. Yeah, do you know what I mean. I mean, like this is this is the stuff that we have to be able to accept. Yeah, you know, it's like, no. a, a, but that's really right. big for people
0: because I I know <laughs> I've got those little voices in my head saying, Please, but how does Steph. that child? How does that child learn that you don't hit people across the face?
1: Yeah, but they just do.
0: They know. She knew. That's why she lent in for the cuddle. She was like, yeah. oh, I shouldn't have done that, or you know, that didn't feel
1: nice. Yeah, but we have this intrinsic part of us that doesn't want to hurt people. We have a part of us that needs to protect ourselves. And we have a part that doesn't want to hurt people. And those parts get confused all the time. And we were talking about this in the Camp Parenting Club yesterday. We had a beautiful call, actually. There's about five of us on it. Just talking about what do you do when kids are fighting. Mm. And how do you love both of them the same? Or all of them, if there's more than two. You know, And it's like, how can you as a parent be that non-judgmental presence that's really curious that could just hang out in it, Mm. you know? And I think as a therapist, I'm probably quite lucky that, I mean, all of my training and like my 18 years experience is about sitting with what's uncomfortable Mm. and digesting it.
0: And we don't do that very often anymore as a culture yeah we have quick fixes for everything we have a headache we pop a pill you know we fancy cooking there's a takeaway you know we want to be soothed we can switch on the tv so i think we don't sit in the uncomfortable very often anymore
1: yeah and i think our job our job as a parent is to sit in the uncomfortable with our child so it doesn't feel uncomfortable for them alone Mm. you know and that and that's the biggest thing is that your your kids going to feel really rubbish about stuff so if you can just sit with them in it then they're not alone and that's what stops it becoming trauma in my experience
0: gosh that's really powerful Mm. and how true all true true. it's just so hard (laughs) to do like yeah we're all human and we all lose it every now and then it's very hard i think it's very
1: hard it is but it's like anything. You know, I didn't used to be able to do a wall ball in CrossFit and I can now because I practiced it. You know, okay. yeah. Didn't used to be able to parallel park, still can't. <laughs> you know, I did, I did not know this about you. <laughs> I can on one side, but not the other side. No, but like, but like, my point is, is that it's hard. But what is your motivation? And look at the payoff. Yeah, I mean, because what's
0: what's the alternative? Yeah, it's, it's disastrous, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, like, there's no greater payoff than the well being of your child, is there? I mean, for mm. me, you know, like, I feel like this is it, you know, my oldest is almost 12. I've got what, five or six years of this mm. to go. I'm a third of the way through it. You know, to some extent, then they'll need me in a different way then. You know, and, and, and yes, if you're right, it is hard. But I think it's hard because there's so much out there that's like, do gratitude, do positive psychology, do positivity. There's so much out there to confuse us and pull us away from what we've really got to do. And the real work is this. When we regulate ourselves, the rest falls into place. We know what to say and do. And some people, including myself, need guidance with that. Because we all have a life, we all get triggered, we all have stuff going on. So everyone has to get support. That's what the camp parenting club. That's what therapy is. That's what Kinderama is. Right? It's you know like the online stuff that the parents can buy. That's support for the parent to have time to just get themselves together a little bit.
0: And when you say when you say because I I like to, to kind of make sure everyone knows what we're talking about. So when you say regulate yourself, so when your child's having a massive meltdown shouting at you saying they hate you this is the moment where you don't want to go down the thing of reacting in that way that just makes the whole thing worse you're on about getting being able to get yourself to a place to where you can respond to that with kindness and space
1: yeah yeah okay. I mean I'm going to So that that was our question for next week someone asked oh, a okay. question what is regular this regulation you talk oh, okay. about but basically it's you know, we have lots of different systems within us. I think of them like computer systems that make us do different things, Mm. right? So when a toddler is having a huge explosion or a child or an adult, hey, or anybody, that system is letting you know that it's gone into overwhelm. So the way for that overwhelm, for a parent to help the overwhelm is to make the child's emotions safe. And that's what regulation is. So it's that him. might
0: be sitting down next to the toddler that's having the absolute hissy fit, and just being there doesn't mean anything else. It but it doesn't yeah. mean even if you're feeling that rushing up in you, you're embarrassed because it's in the park and everyone's looking at you, and what you want to do is just grab them, kicking and screaming, and shove them into the car. It's like sitting down and going, "Okay, I'm here for you until we can
1: move move on." Yeah, I think so. I mean, it's it's a really complex. I I don't want to totally go into it now, not to be all cliffhangery for the next (laughs) one, but just (laughs) just because I know that's a whole episode in itself. um, Yeah, you know, but, you know, it's really interesting because I think a lot of the problems for younger children are put down to their environment or something has happened. Oh, it's because they've changed schools a lot. They're like this. So we had to move house or we had to. And it's not. It's because the parents haven't yet learned to regulate themselves, to regulate their child. You know, it's something we talk about a lot in the CAM Parenting Club, your child's emotions. It's not that they're not going to have these big up and down feelings. It's that how long they go on for, how pronounced they are, and how quickly the brain goes into them depends on how the parent responds to them. You mm, know, okay. Um so, yeah, I, I guess if we leave it there for that. But there was one other thing I was going to say about, oh, yes, yeah, the children can't regulate their emotions. Mm. Uh, this is something else I get asked all the time. How old should a child be who can regulate their emotions? And I say, well, how old were you when you learned to regulate your emotions thirty seven <laughs> yeah <laughs> and continuing, yeah, do you know, you know what I mean? So and and then I'm thinking of the teenagers, right? So much of the time I have to say to the parents, just say nothing. You know, like i see when teenagers are teenagers because they come in and one day they've got loads more spots or they're you know like they look hormonal they look it they physically look Mm. and i know there's a great book if this relates to you flip it what's it called oh i can't remember I've got it here somewhere. I tidied, you see. This is the problem with tidying is that everything's gone somewhere. If everything is on the floor, it's easy to find. Um, It's a brain brain power by Dan Segal, the the power and purpose of the teenage brain. So the teenage brain, it snaps. They They don't have the brain capacity to think rationally or say nice things. So sometimes, you know, if you say something to a teenager and you get that like, oh yeah, whatever. Or they say something in like a voice tone. And then if you come in as the parent, be like, don't talk to me like that. The teenager will literally be like, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm just talking to you. You know, so we have to allow so much. Yeah. Like, What what age does does that start just out of interest? (laughs) I think about 11. Yeah, that
0: that would make a lot of sense. Yeah. Okay.
1: So, So this is an example of how do I get my child to talk to me? Well, you allow them kindness for the times that their teenage brain kicks in. Wow. Okay. And and you don't have to say, hey, don't talk to me like that, because then you will see another side of your child who does something really beautiful that you're like, oh, yeah, that's them, really you know
0: but you feel it because you don't like being spoken to that way oh yeah but you're an adult you should get over that Jean. okay but that, that's <laughs> I I know that's where I get stuck do you know what I mean because it's yeah. like oh Jesus you know you just said something really horrible to me <laughs> I know I'm but Steph, I'm
1: right? and I know and I'm laughing because it's because this is it right yeah. this is the complexity of it but this would be an example of a parent spilling into the child's world Oh, you know, the t- the teenager's Hands like, up guilty. <laughs> yeah. So this is something that I hear a lot in the in the therapy room. The kid is like, you know, I just. You know, they're like, I know that I can be moody sometimes or I know that sometimes I don't say things in the right way, but I'm just doing the best I can. Mm. And I think we cannot underestimate for all children, especially in these modern times, how much they're really dealing with. You know, not only are they dealing with school, they're dealing with a friendship, social media, they're dealing with so much. Mm. And if something slips out wrong, uh, well, okay. So be
0: it. Okay.
1: Yeah. And I know it hurts and I know parents get their knickers in a twist about it, but that's like a decoy. You know, don't, don't follow the red herring down that behavior route, because then you're telling your child that their behavior and the way you love them is conditional. And that will not get you anywhere. That will not get you the relationship you want to have with your child. Well, I'm so glad we chatted today. <laughs> <laughs> on this on this public arena. <laughs> yeah, I've
0: learned so much. Thanks so much for your time, Bethan.
1: <laughs> yeah, no problems, no problems. And, 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 and you see, at the root of all of this is parent self-care. Yeah. Right? How? Because I know, like, I've had a crazy week this week for so many reasons. And I know... That I just had to sort of stand outside a little bit yesterday. Did I pick everyone up from school? Flip, it, I can't. I can't remember. Twenty four yeah. hours ago seems like an uh, a lifetime ago, and I had to stand outside and really think. Okay, Beth, and who are you going to be when they walk in the door and you walk in the door? You know. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And on those crazy weeks, like I was so tired after Wellfest, and then the next morning I had to drive to Trilly and teach and yeah. be bubbly Steph that has to do Kinterama. And I knew when I got home that night, I was going to be shattered and trying to really kind of prepare for that evening so that it wasn't me that was the cranky one and making everyone else
1: on edge. Yeah, because it's funny, isn't it? So often our kids get the worst of us. Mm you yeah. know, because the public display of the moms at the school get get the best bits, the kids at Kinderama or the clients or whatever yeah. it is. You know, so we yeah. really have to watch who's getting the best bits of me. Yeah. You know?
0: Okay, really interesting. Thank you. We'll Thank talk you. to you. We'll talk to you next week. Bye. Kinderama is a multi-activity program for younger kids. We love to try a bit of everything. Dance, drama, music, yoga, gymnastics, sports and mindfulness all delivered in imaginative classes with original songs, stories, costumes, props and puppets. Kinderama is available in school, in creche or online. Check out kinderama.com for more info.